All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. Jeremy Moss here, Matt Kennerly. MWWire.com is our website where we had actual game coverage of the weekend. So, Matt, that was pretty good, right? Wasn't it? Just one, but it, it, it counts. And, you know, for Falcons fans out there, Air Force fans, they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves today. They should be. We'll get to the game. We got new stuff. Also, I saw your Facebook post. It's okay to be conflicted, Matt, but you can also root for football as well. Come on. It's okay. Yeah. It, it's a it's a tightrope sometimes, right? It is. We want to be careful. We want to watch football, but we know there's dangers lurking around the corner everywhere. As always, just be safe if you are one of those fan bases who are thinking about going to a game sometime this fall. Okay, don't pull a Georgia. Yeah, don't do that. Was that okay? I saw. Let's talk about that really quick because we've got a bunch of random new stuff. We'll get to the awesome Air Force victory. So I saw two photos of that you posted on our account. Was that just the student section? Because I saw other photos. Of where it was actually like kind of checkered board and spread out everywhere. I am not totally sure. I'm not totally familiar with the layout of how they're doing things down there. But I don't think that photo, the way the photo was taken, I don't think it could have been like in, like you've seen some people, oh, Disney World's open. They're super close, but it's an optical illusion where you take a picture straight behind and people are kind of staggered left to right a little bit. Looks like mm. you're close, but if you go the other way, they're actually a good distance apart. But I don't think that photo was the case. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess some of it is maybe a trick of the camera or a trick of the angle. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, according to I was just looking it up on CNN because they had an article about the criticisms and the it was only 20,000 in a, in a stadium that normally seats 92,000. So it was roughly 22 percent capacity, which, you know, OK, it just it looks really weird on TV. Like and I think I mentioned this during our last podcast, but it's like, you know, I can understand the impulse to want to do it. And it is an outdoor activity, which is generally safer than like being indoors somewhere. Just not the Pat Grows Garden. That's all. Don't do that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, it, it sometimes it just looks off. And I don't know if that's like I said, a trick of the camera or something like that. And so that's why, you know, for those teams who are thinking about doing it to just, Careful. you know, yeah, make sure you've got a, an airtight plan to make sure that it doesn't look bad, even if in reality it isn't bad. You know it was legit? SMU kicking out their student section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that, that too. <laughs> please don't do that. Air Force allowed some cadets in the stadium, which is pretty cool. I also do like uh, how they put the undisclosed Southeast Asia group watching the game. Not, I guess that's uh, as vague as it can be or specific. But, yeah, just uh, we'll get to games. But, like, Wyoming can do 7,000. We talked about that. Um, we'll see what Boise or other schools will do, but uh, yeah, just uh, go to if you go to a game, be safe, enjoy it, and be thankful football's around. And if you need some help, just Google like a 1918 Georgia Tech football. They all wore masks back then too for a couple games or whatever it was. There you go. We seen that floating around. But as for the news, we got some. Where should we start? Because we have some. It, it's news that interests me probably more than most people, and some people might get mad at. But I really enjoy it. and want to dive into it for a little bit, and that's with Gary Anderson. But we'll talk about it in a minute. Do mm -hmm. we, um, I guess let's start with some bad news. Hawaii Bowl is taking a break. What am I supposed to do on Christmas Eve now? Family time? <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, <laughs> or at least the one eye of the family, one eye in the game. Uh, I guess what? Both schedules not set, so there could be a Christmas Eve game because wasn't it two years ago they moved off Christmas Eve and brought it back last year? That's true. Yeah, they've moved it to like the 22nd or something like that. And everybody freaked out then, too. Yeah, it's like. It's unfortunate, and this is not going to be the only one because the Red Box Bowl is already out. The Bahamas Bowl is already oh, out. Oh, Bahamas well. Bowl as well. Okay, so that's three. 
Um, that does hurt the Mountain West because if Hawaii was uh, whatever bowl eligible means this year, which basically means if you play a game, you're bowl eligible, it would have been Hawaii versus – like it could have been a pretty good game. Like Todd Graham and then his receivers, a go-go offense of how much that's implemented. They could have played like a decent Temple team possibly or a decent American team, which would have mm. been fine because the American this weekend, peace out. <laughs> Almost. Not, not great for the AAC, which I'm not complaining. I wish there was a guy we muted. He used to play for them. I put out like a couple articles like, oh, culture ball, week one scoreboard, or week one watching guide, whatever, just because we know people on our site like to watch culture ball beyond the Mountain West. And he kept retreating and replying like, ah, good thing you're playing, lol, lol, laughing. I ended up muting him. Oh, she's back so I could find him. And was like, hey, how'd your weekend go, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> it just for fun. But uh, yeah, the bowl game, it's it's unfortunate. But I'm, what this really does, Matt, obviously one, one fewer spot for the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Um. And we already know it's going to be like a popularity contest. Who's going to go? There's not going to be like a no cheesable option because the, I think what's that Pac-12, Big 12, they're going to send whoever's available. You're not going to see any of the, it's going to hurt the group of five because the SEC has what, 10, they, I, Matt, they probably have 13 tie-ins for their 14 teams. Something <laughs> so, like that, yeah. So like you won't see those options unless there's like a um, New Year's Six option where right now Jerry Palm still has Boise State in the, uh, one of the bowl games. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not great, but what do we do? It's like, it's unfortunate. Their statement was vague, but I'm pretty sure it just has to do with the unfortunate of COVID and local restrictions on the area, which is fine. Yeah. And, and I think we had mentioned this very briefly in passing during one of our more recent podcasts, but you know, Hawaii is loosening some of its restrictions for mainland tourism, uh, basically in a week and a half from now, it's October 15th. Mm-hmm. But they're also saying that they're going to require a negative COVID test or a 14-day quarantine. And so I think if you think of it in terms of logistics, when you're talking about bringing uh, like 100 players and personnel, 100 plus people, you know, considering that, you know, Hawaii as a football team, as program, like they just came back recently. They restarted practice from their own small COVID outbreak. I think it was uh, four players who had tested positive. Something like that. Um, yeah, so I mean, they, they're still wrestling with it, as you know, same as anywhere else in the country. And so I think for that area, it makes sense for them to be conservative when it comes to reopening, because you know, it's you know, the the situation out there, just being as isolated as they are out there in the middle of the ocean, it's a different kind of circumstance. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Like, yeah, the seventy-two are the negative test is 72 hours prior but like mm-hmm. look at just real quick over the weekend like you play fantasy football i'm in a couple leagues it's like holy crap chiefs uh was it chiefs uh patriots. patriots chiefs yeah game i'm like i play in a league got su- nobody cares about your league but i got super flex so i'm like oh okay Newton. not anymore just <laughs> and, kidding it's so like i had to find brian hoyer to start last second I'm like oh boy but you had like a scare with the saints with maybe alvin Kamara because their fullback tested positive you had the titan steelers game get postponed there's even talk about a I don't know if the NFL will do this, but a contingency like uh, pause the season, do like a 12-game schedule, fin- figure out the rest of the eight games, and play that. And then we've seen across the country in college football, and so it's like of games being pushed around. Like we mentioned, University of Houston, how many times they've they've haven't played a game yet? Five games have been pushed around, and so you got to be careful. Like going to Hawaii, or we'll talk here in a second. Like Wyoming, let's go to right, we'll go into right now. Wyoming, it's I'm not sure exactly what this means. I do, but. Their freshmen are not practicing. Did they have like separate practices, or was this like a the freshmen had their own orientation slash practice as their own, 
Well, does it anything? Does it have anything to do with their recent outbreak? Because according to Michael Katz over at Wyo Sports, there were, there were eleven freshman players who tested positive. Well, the states right now, and improving on, I'm on their website right now, the Trib.com, the Casper Star Tribune. Mm-hmm. Like they had, like okay, the state's not huge population, but they had 140 new cases mm-hmm. to, as of um, today here Sunday. Like here in Utah, we've had we've crossed like we were doing pretty good, 250, 500, 600. K through 12 gets back up. Most of the states at, at some level is in person, whether it's a part time or full time. Like every mm-hmm. day, I should say not necessarily part time, but half day, like every other day or every day. Two large universities, University of Utah is only online, I believe, except for like the medical stuff. Utah State, I think, is mostly online. But like down by me, I'm right across the street from Utah Valley University, a few miles more BYU. The UVU actually has more population than University of Utah for students. It's a huge school, mm-hmm. and so. We're increasing here. They're increasing there. It could be with that, but but they also they only said they paused or they stopped only freshman practicing. That's kind of unique. That's why I was wondering: was it just a like an orientation or hey freshmen we're practicing? But they've all been. I don't know. I just didn't never found the information. Also, I'm missing something. But that seems weird. We're only the freshmen. Like hey freshmen, you're not practicing. Everybody else is. I mean, it could also be just a matter of trying to you know emphasize kind of the accelerated timeline. Mm-hmm. for getting up to game speed and everything like that. So it, it may just be a situation where they want the people that they know are going to be contributing or to be to likely be contributing um, in a truncated Mountain West season that they just want to focus on getting them up to speed first. You know, it wouldn't surprise me though, like if the California schools were doing something similar, you know, considering that a lot of them are still dealing with some, you know, local county type restrictions as far as, you know, how many people can be gathered at once to do a practice or something like that. Yeah, same with New Mexico where I think they've approved practices, but before it was like, uh, I think it's a case by case where it's like 10 total. Yeah. And so we'll see, but. uh... All right, Matt, let's take a quick time out to tell our listeners about MyBookie where we can hook them up over MyBookie. We can double your very first deposit. Winning season means MyBookie. Insane props, cool, epic bonuses, awesome, and some crazy cross-sport wagers. So why not mix and match the sports to get a few bucks there? Over at MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Today, week one of the NFL is here. Thank you. NFL is back. So you have all season long to get an NFL action. Um, you got NBA finals coming up. You have Major League Baseball wrapping up, heading into the postseason for themselves. Oh, yeah, you want to get that double the deposit? Here you go. To get in on that action, use promo code OVERTIME. And double your first deposit. New players can get up to $1,000 in free play. That's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Heck, Mount West Podcast here. Go uh, find your favorite former Mount West player and bet on that team for a few bucks. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Again, that promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Hold up. And you know how it is on TV. Wait, there's more? And overtime is going all in for our listeners. We're giving away a $500 cash prize to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your deposit, take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com. One more time. That's overtime at advertisecast.com. $500 will be given away at the end of September. Dude, this is awesome. Everyone, definitely go check out MyBookie. I don't know. It's like, it's just a weird thing, but you'll see these, like, we'll see, like, we're going to talk to, we'll talk schedule here in a second here, but I believe like, as most people, even Craig Thompson openly said, this does not expect every game to be played on the schedule. Mm -hmm. 
And so we'll see games yeah. that get and I, canceled. And I think that I had I had read somewhere, and I apologize for not being able to attribute this to anybody. That that you know, it was eleven people who were tested positive and thirty something that were in quarantine. Correct for all you mean, right? Yeah, and and when you take that in tandem with what we talked about very briefly in one of our, I think it was the last podcast about the the players on defense who were opting out, uh, Rome Weber, Solomon Bird, David Wells Ross, couple starters, yeah. Mario Mora, Claude Cole, all of those guys were expected to be contributors. You know, between that, between Alonzo Velasquez, their offensive tackle, you know, out with a torn labrum, mm-hmm. they don't know how much time he's going to miss. You know, it's a it's a precarious situation for a lot of different reasons out in Laramie, and so I think they have to be very measured in how they approach you know the time that they have in order to prepare for Week One. Have there been any other schools had issues as far as is there an update on Fresno State practice wise? Not that I have seen, no. Okay, we know San Jose State, which people kind of joke, but they're, hey, does this mean they're serious or they just really want to play football going, was it, I pronunciation is probably about Humboldt State? You got that right. Yeah, yes, so for those of you who don't know where, I mean, Humboldt State used to have a football team. Uh, yeah. They were one of those Cal State programs that, you know, dropped, I think it was like the 80s or the early 90s or something like that. Um, five and a half hour trip, uh, straight up the 101. Um uh, Pretty nice up there. I don't think I've ever been personally. Oh, I saw the nice. Google map looked like a chart in the water, man. Come on. Yeah. And so I think they're they're kind of getting created. And if you think about it, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not necessarily a one-to-one type of situation. But if you recall what they did in Remember the Titans, where mm-hmm. they, they did something similar, where they went somewhere isolated to just kind of focus on preparing, you know? Yeah. It's only a week, too. It's just kind of weird five hours away. But you mentioned... It's just the county uh, uh, regulations and guidelines. So they go up there where... But I think, but yeah. I think it's worth mentioning that like it, it raised eyebrows. They're kind of sidestepping the authorities up there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Their health officer, their kind of number one person in charge of making decisions, Teresa Frankovich, according to Elliot Allman to the uh, Mercury News, didn't get any say in this happening. Interesting. But, you know, I guess the Spartans are planning to abide by all the rules that they that the, the university has set while they're up there. They're only going to be up there for a week, um, which is subject to change. I believe that was according to the Spartan Daily. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, as as with everything else. You just kind of have to hope that everybody stays healthy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I maybe I'm guessing that going there, like if it's nobody's on campus, it's just them. So maybe it's kind of like, I don't want bubble term gets used all the time, but it's the point being where they're isolated. And so maybe mm-hmm. that's what they do it where, yes, they're screwing the rules, but if they're all like, again, the mountain West is absorbing any test, any and all testing costs. So it's not a school thing. Like clearly mm-hmm. they'll have to pay whatever it is to facilities, extra food and whatever they need up there to take care of laundry services, all yeah. the minor stuff you don't think of the bus ride, all that. But it's, I don't like it that they're really sidestepping, but if it if it's a thing where it's them by, kind of by themselves, nobody's on campus, and they're all tested fine, I'm okay with it because they're clearly they want to practice, but clearly they also want to be careful because they could have mm-hmm. just said, "Screw you, Santa Clara County, we're going to practice here anyways." What do you do? Arrest everybody? It's like you don't want to go there. That's pretty extreme as well, just to flaunt and give a middle finger to whoever's nearby in your own area. It's like, well, can we go here? Like, I guarantee other schools are looking at options that are nearby possibly. Well, what if we can't go here? What if it's safer here? I don't, I think that's kind of uh, on the table, possibly. They're just the one of the ones who actually did it. Yeah. So let's go to my most interesting topic over the weekend we saw the other day. Can we talk about Gary Anderson for a minute? We can. What? 
do we know what his um okay here's what the deal was so he had a teleconference probably like a week or so ago talking about anything and everything and then Salt Lake Tribune wrote an article about it I apparently missed the conference call because I probably should have done it for work but I didn't see it we actually had him on the radio show I produced Tuesday so probably a few days after it again didn't do my research didn't see that we didn't get to ask the opt-outs because there was other important stuff we're getting to, like the schedule and training and other stuff. We didn't kind of get that far. But he said a comment about basically saying, we have nobody opting out, and if you opt out, I'll get the direct quote in a moment here, but if you're, if you're, if you're, basically if you're opting out, you're like a grad transfer, you're not part of the team, and there's no opt-out opt-out option on his team. So on the yeah, term, that looks so the, real bad, right? exact quote, I have it here from a, from a follow-up from the Salt Lake uh, Tribune. It says, uh, at least in our program, we don't have an opt-out, and it's not an option. If you opt-out, you're not with us. And I think it was that last you know, snippet that, you know, out of context, really caught and grabbed everybody's attention. But is it? I have the whole exchange here, too, like where you left off, because if you opt-out, you're not with us, and that's the same thing as if you're a grad transfer or whatever it may be, and our kids have been fantastic talking it out and communicating about that and where we go, and we're here, we have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's the clarification. This came from a student, um, let me pull up his name here, a student journalist at University of Utah, I think that was at the uh, Utah Statesman, I believe, mm-hmm. is what it is. So he put this, uh, he put the whole exchange, like his question as well. Yeah, student journalist at Utah State. So like his question he asked is basically regarding some of the seniors and fifth-year players who with everything going on and the cancellation of the season, potentially potentially they've turned their focus to other things, schooling and whatnot. What is the focus level for the uh, team, in particular the leadership guys on this team, and what should we expect to see out of them come October 24th? And he's mm-hmm. like, everybody's here to go. They're excited about the opportunity. So we for, before we saw this full exchange, it looks really bad because NSA says you can opt out. You're, nobody's going to force you to play football if you don't want to. Your scholarship's withheld, or held, you still have it. You could come back next year at the same athletic grade level. So if you're, like he said, if you're a redshirt freshman, you'll be the same next year, so on, so on, so forth. But what he said ruffled some feathers in because it seems like he's a big jerk, and it's like those coaches who, like, hmm, I, I have my pretend clipboard here. The, before they before they could have transfers of where you can go or not go, it's like, okay, you're in the Mountain West. Okay, no Mountain West school off the schedule. We play – these eight non-conference games while you're still eligible. Okay, those are off the list. You're from Texas, so you can't go back home, blah, blah, blah. Oh, just just for the heck of it, let's get rid of the MAC and the and the Conference USA because that's where the best chance you can play and make a team. That's what this seemed like. And to me, the clarification he made, like even read the whole quote, okay, it, his apology seemed like he did want to clarify that and misspoke, which he did on the radio station town, Matt. But... That wasn't the first chance he had to clarify, right? No, no. I mean, he had said that I think through the athletic department was it was it not that he didn't feel comfortable initially in responding or trying to clarify? I will grab that second, but that's the thing because I, I know I wrote about and whatever. And there's Utah State fans on Twitter saying it's the media took it out of context, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, first off, no, it's a direct quote what he said. So here's exactly what he said, and this was a week ago. And this isn't people like, well, the Salt Tribune will just give you a kind of just a get you or gotcha, which eh, they do some stuff. They're a fine newspaper, but there's any publication where it's like, well, we'll just get this out there now and be done with it. They had enough time to say, hey, Utah State, would Coach Anderson like to clarify this comment about nobody being able to opt out or it's not an option? 
directly from the athletic department, who I've worked with because people asked about it. Yes, I'm familiar with who works there and communicate with them fairly regularly, said Utah State's athletics department said Anderson did not feel comfortable responding to a request to clarify his comments and confirmed no Aggies have opted out for the season. So he was given a chance to say, oh, wait, opt-outs, that's not what I meant. I was just saying we didn't have any opt-outs on our team. Like, and reading the whole thing, he clearly said, opt-outs not an option. It's like you're a grad transfer or a transfer from a program if you're opting out. Yeah. Am I wrong in seeing, saying that's the case? Like, he didn't clarify. They had – people were saying it's just a gotcha thing. And I know some national stuff are gonna not going like, not gonna to follow up with his radio interview, which I did add that to our piece some – quote some tweets he put on or some quotes within tweet and the full interview so go listen to it if you only heard the first part saying he's not opting out so he did say no that's not what he meant we're saying opt out like uh, players can opt out we have nobody opting out we're ready to go mm-hmm. but people who are saying i've muted a bunch of y'all on twitter saying that's not what he said you're just getting them i'm like he had a clear chance that they de- my issue why he thinks that way is still the correct way of what he said at the time like what he said he meant and be given the option to clarify, and a follow up was given back to the to the publication before they published to include. Means to me he feels that way, and the reason he went on the radio station, which by the way is the station he was on a host who's the color guy for the radio Aggie football, and the station that airs Aggie football games. So figure to be it's a uh, and the guy graduated from Utah State who does all those things. Great yeah. guy, I know him a little bit from working with him years and years ago. So it makes sense you'd go on there and tell them. But to me. He got caught, and that's why he did that interview that day. No, I mean, to be clear, I think speaking rhetorically, you know, just thinking, it didn't seem like a gotcha moment to me. No. You know, I, but I, I think that he can be forgiven a little more for not immediately responding because I think once he realized that what he said was perhaps not what he intended to say, it makes sense, you know, just speaking from a composition point of view, which is, you know, that's me being an English instructor and working with writers all the time you know to take the time to step back and and then really think about how you actually want to respond to me that's a natural impulse and i think that that you know clarification that he ultimately gave to 1280 the zone is i would imagine that is probably what his original message was intended to be um so i mean i think that there's there's truth to both angles I'm with you. And, and, yeah. and kind of, you know, once the whole thing is done, it kind of strikes me as being more, I don't know, much ado about nothing. It, it because, is. Because I think, I mean, it's hard to imagine that he didn't know the rule and that he didn't know that the NCAA has already said that students can opt out if they want to. And so I think that him saying that is maybe just kind of him speaking off the cuff rather than speaking with any serious intent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in a week or two, we're not going to be thinking about this anymore. We're going to be thinking about what, you know, the Aggies are going to be doing on week one and things like that. No, I agree with you. Like, I I agree. Like, my point being, the reason I wanted to bring this up more because people were saying, oh, it's a gotcha thing. They didn't figure it out. They just wanted to smear Coach Anderson. I'm like, had they had there been no follow-up, I'd have been like, uh, I could believe that. And I agree. Like, him going back on saying, here's what I actually meant, like, you're right. Did he know the rule? I guarantee he knew the rule because coaches know everything, or they should. But I wanted to again bring this up because people are like, oh, you hate them, or they nobody's gonna fall up or do all this. But given you would think, given the chance to clarify, and they didn't, they still probably felt well, whatever, who cares, whatever. But then they realized there's backlash 
Well, let me go back and say, no, they can opt out. We don't have any. Like his, what he said on the radio interview was perfectly fine, acceptable. People are like, do you want him fired? I'm like, no, he's not going to be fired over it. I think he realized he erred, and honestly, quite quite large of an error to say that. But then he realized, well, maybe I did screw up. Maybe I wasn't communicating clear enough, which in those teleconferences I've listened, they're talking blah, 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 going back and forth. And they may could have uh, said something that wasn't what they, not what they really meant, but you know, I mean, just kind of, it's a new thing, like opt-outs, all this stuff. Like, what are we dealing with? It's COVID stuff. It's like, can players play or not? I just felt, I'm glad he came out and said this other stuff that he did. But again, he this wasn't somebody trying to get them. Because it's like any article you see where you see this so many times, like Utah State could have clearly clearly done this, which I don't think they they didn't. Like you'll see a, a negative article from say you're investigating a school where something there's some NCAA improprieties. You're like, hey school, here's the advance of what we're writing about. Do you want to give us a comment or talk about? It? And they don't respond. And then two minutes after it published, they come out with some big time things that we were never given a chance to do this. We couldn't explain ourselves to our side. That's it worse than what Utah State did. And you're right. It'll be forgotten in a couple weeks. I just want to bring it up for all the Twitter people coming after us a bit. Like, well, nobody cares about it. It's like it's he didn't say that. I'm like, well, he did. It's not a good look. And it's also not a good look for what's happened at Colorado State because we still don't know that. They're still doing that investigation, which how many billable hours is lawyers lawyers getting for uh, the ramps? Come on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we'll move on. It's just a thing. It's um, it's done with. Wish everybody the best. It's a little a bit of a kerfuffle. But let's move on to a quick schedule talk before we get to the game. So, all right, eight game schedule for most oh, teams. No, Air, sorry, Air Force has nine. Apologies, Matt. Right? Do they have nine or they have eight? Wait. No, they've got eight. No, everybody's eight. Eight. Oh yeah. Oh, I was thinking eight conference games. No. Ah, see, wordy, crazy. Eight scheduled games. Again, I will use scheduled games because that's I see what, what you did. There. That's what we're working with. Um, so with the schedule, um. What I first noticed, we'll get to at the end of here, but the TBA for San Diego State, which was the worst kept secret to play BYU by mm-hmm. Miles, why was it that most people thought the logical thing was the Air Force and Boise State on that November 7th weekend just wouldn't play each other? We'd have Air Force Army, Boise, BYU. Why did that change to have – why do you think that changed? Because I know you don't know. Air Force is now playing Boise State instead of New Mexico and Boise State. I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, maybe some of that has to do with the kind of local restrictions in New Mexico. I don't I mean, I don't have a concrete reason. It could also be that BYU is willing to be flexible to enable everything to happen, which is why I think they were receptive to trying to reschedule the San Diego State game as well. Yeah, schedule extended to December. Mm-hmm. But I, I... That's, a, that's about all I've got. Okay. My, thought, my thoughts are really they wanted... Boise to play the best schedule possible to get to near six game or Air Force possibly because if you look what the Pac-12 did they're not really doing that because Utah's in the South Division they're playing six games or whatever I don't know whatever they're playing their cross division games against freaking Oregon State if you felt Utah was going to be to win the division you'd have Utah play Washington Mm -hmm. but also USC is also not playing Oregon which you would think you'd want to do that right if they're the contenders well, they're playing Arizona State, right? That 9 a.m. Pacific kick time. Or, come on, oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, out, in, out in the Coliseum. So. But like, I, that's the only thing I can think of. I just felt because the way the schedule lined up that weekend, that would make the most sense. But then again, I was thinking, like, if I was actually thinking, could New Mexico skip Boise just because why you'd rather play Air Force in New Mexico, right? Because that was my thing, England. If I, I, one of my articles I wrote, like, at the end, I'm like, if some reason Boise does play Air Force, 
I could see them not playing the Mexico because why play a bad team? Sorry, Lobos fans. You know what I mean? Rebuilding here, Danny Gonzalez, love him, Rocky Long, but they're at the bottom of the barrel at the moment. So, but yeah, saying, I mean, it may, it may not have been like the primary motivator, but I can see where it definitely would have been a factor. So what did, what did you think of the schedule overall how it played out? Like it's eight weeks, eight games, October 24th through December, what, 12th weekend? 12th, with 12th. the championship game set for December 19th. Mm-hmm. So anything that stood out to you, like for, you've, you've already written about ha- a third of our schedule breakdowns already for a bunch of teams. Yeah. So like, what was your thoughts when you're going through the schedule, looking at kind of generically overall, anything stand out to you? I mean, I guess one of the things that really kind of stands out and, and maybe we should have expected this is, you know, with the regular schedule that we had anticipated, you know, they tend to, um, you know, they tend to emphasize like rivalries and division games to close things out. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see how, at least in some respects, they de-emphasize that, you know, for instance, you know, Fresno State is going to New Mexico to close out their eight game schedule um and and playing san diego state and san jose state a little sooner than that like basically back-to-back weekends in late november Mm -hmm. um so i mean i think that you know logistically it's kind of interesting seeing how they spread the the rivalry games around you know i think a perfect example is how they moved nevada and unlv to nevada day that's right. Is that yeah? That's a good October thirty first. People wanted that in halloween too like that's what people kind of want don't they nevada day makes the most sense I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, it allowed for some cool wrinkles, but it'll, it'll be interesting because, you know, some of the teams that I think we expected, oh, well, they're going to have to kind of win early and survive late if they want to have a chance of like winning the division or something like that. So it's interesting seeing how the picture has changed because, you know, the Mountain West seems so wide open, especially now that they're getting rid of divisions. Oh, heck yeah, that'll be exciting. exciting. And so and so you look at some of the teams that maybe have a, a favorable schedule later on, you know, um, you know, just as, as an example, just right out the gate, Boise State, you know, they end with two road games, but it's at UNLV and at, uh, I guess I would say, a diminished Wyoming team at this point. So, you know, on paper a month ago, they, that, made a, <laughs> that may have looked a lot different. <laughs> But, you know, they get Hawaii, San Jose, UNLV, Wyoming to close out the year if they can, you know, manage their challenges in the first half of their schedule. It seems like they should have a pretty easy path to one of those two spots in the title game. You know, you, you compare that, for instance, to, I don't know, I'm trying to look through, like, you know, Utah State, for instance. You know, they've, their schedule, I think, is more manageable. But, you know, finishing the year at home versus Air Force at Colorado State is still no gimmies and things like that. So I think it's not perfect. I mean, it's it's never going to be perfect no matter what. But nope. I think that, you know, for some dark horses who expected to try and contend for a division title, you know, maybe it bolsters their chances a little to sneak into that, that second spot where maybe they're not hosting the championship game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they may have a better shot. So no, no, you make plenty of good points there with the schedule, rivalries. Ho- I noticed a little trend too, a couple like back-to-back home and road games. Yeah, it was really interesting to see who was actually like getting, I guess what you would call quote-unquote homestands versus like road swings. And the, the one thing I pointed out when I was writing some of the previews is like Fresno State, for instance, 
I've never seen a schedule like it, a conference schedule like it, where you have two at home, two on the road, two more at home, and then two on the road. And you can kind of see shades of that in some of the other schedules, like UNLV, for instance, has two homestands sandwiched around a two-game road swing, but then they like they begin and end on the road as well. Or Nevada every other week. (laughs) Yeah, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. I I almost wonder whether it's better to have you know the way that it's set up for Nevada. Or the way that it's set up for a team like Fresno State or, or UNLV, like, would you rather be at home, or would you rather kind of spread those out? I, I there's not much home field advantage. I know some schools are gonna. I think Boise State and Nevada are trying to have fans. We've already kind of went through that. A couple try here and there, not many. This is where I wish we had like a like a student athletes' insights or coaches' insights. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't know if it really matters because I guess here's how it could matter. They've mentioned in the press release because they're gonna, the games are going to be obviously you got the Fox FS1 CBS Sport Sports Network games. I don't even know this might they might be like a Pac-12 where there's no root sport games. Like every game's going to be on whether a CBS Network Sports Network or a FS or a Fox. You know what I mean? I don't know, mm-hmm. and that's why they're going to have Thursday Friday games. So that could be an interesting thing as well. If you're going every other week, it's like do you want? Maybe that's why they're doing it too. Like unless it's a back to back. Let's just for example, I pull up Fresno State's here. Like, how fair would it be for them to play Saturday? I know it's not travel is not huge in this conference for them, unless you're going to Hawaii. But like, if you're, I guess, let me go to Hawaii here. Like, they they don't have any back, like they have back to back openers. Why? Like, how fair would it be Hawaii to say open at Fresno on the twenty fourth, but then their Hawaii their Wyoming game next week is a Thursday night game? I don't think that's going to happen. That's only. I think it would be more likely to be the other way around. That would be because that's what the even with the Pac twelve schedule they have like. They've gotten some beef about it, a road game followed by a road weeknight game. Like, yeah, and I mean, and it, and nothing says that, like, you know, I think, I think it was Boise State in the past where they played, like, four straight Friday night games or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me, especially for some of the, the more high-profile teams in the conference. Like, you know, if, if uh, Air Force, Boise... BYU Boise, Colorado State Boise all ends up being on a Friday night. That would not surprise me in the least because, you know, just thinking about TV ratings, you like we know that people will tune in for those games. You know what I think the BYU Boise game is going to be? It's going to be that it might be that 10 a.m. local kickoff. Fox, Fox has that big noon game. Mm-hmm. Just saying, like possibly, possibly, possibly. I need to. But I mean, I think that yeah. I think that they're willing to try to make it logistically. <laughs> because yeah, everybody's dealing with like so many stressors as it is. It seems like they're going to try not to give anybody a raw deal if they can help it. So, I mean, I think if they're playing Thursdays and Fridays, it's likely like with so many teams going on, on road swings that it would be more likely to that. They would do the first half of that road swing on a Friday and the second half on a Saturday. And I also wonder if doing, I don't, we don't know how many Thursday, Friday games. Cause we've seen this in the past where, We've had a Thursday game on CBS and a Thursday game on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So there could be, yeah. theoretically... It says, it says several, yeah. which I imagine is maybe like one per week at max. So you're talking about a total of eight total games. I, maybe. Yeah, I I, yeah, well, I was going to think what's, how many games are in there. What, I was going to say, I doubt they'll do a... I mean, they, they could, but I doubt they do two games Thursday, two games Friday. I don't think yeah, so. I don't think so. Either. I could see them doing a Thursday and Friday every week. Like mm-hmm. I like one game, like say FS1 and ESPN rotate because FS1 has a, 
I don't know what the Pac-12... Pac-12 has some Friday night games, so this could be on either FS1 or ESPN. So maybe mm-hmm. they'd rotate with the Pac-12. Okay, FS1 has this game, whatever game on this week, Mountain West has next week. Because I don't think the Big 12 or Big 10 are doing any Friday night games on Fox. So they'll be... And plus, I don't know how much of the quarantine issue would be. So like, could it be a third game scheduled Thursday, play till Saturday? I don't know if that's a turnaround time. Because like, again, the NFL, the Saints, late last night, they're fullback. On the plane ride, so they got it. They test everybody else; they're all negative for to be able to play that game. I scheduled today in the Saints game, which has already taken place. I don't know if the Mountain West could do. That. I was like, okay, but what if they have to wait a day or two? Maybe that's why they might have those Thursday, Friday. I don't know if that makes a difference. Well, we can't travel Thursday, Wednesday. It, it may not, especially if they're already expecting to miss games. Mm-hmm. I think it's more likely that they just come out and say okay, this situation is looking a little dicey. Let's just cancel this game and focus on the next one. I can see that too, yeah. It just it could depend on the sheer numbers. Like if it's a contract trace, it's not um, extreme, like to the expanded play, the grouping or play, team in general. That's the yeah. thing I could say. Like, okay, well, especially as long as it's not like a Hawaii travel game because that's like lots of big difference. Partly because the 72-hour thing could just nix the game by its own. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking maybe that's why like they're I'm betting that's built in like okay if we have a Thursday game can't be played like let's just say it's a reasonable close game like a travel game like what's the closest schools um, together was it be uh, UNLV San Diego State are those two closest schools possibly Fresno San Jose maybe State? Fresno San Jose yeah like say that game's a Thursday night and they say on one side there's only four players two more contract tracing a tester bills are fine they play Sunday Saturday instead of Thursday. Like that could be a possibility, but I'm betting there's a million scenarios we also haven't thought of, Matt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing I want to bring up to the division. Do you like the no division this year? No division. I do. Well, what's your reason behind it? Just to get the best teams out there. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the same reasoning why you know that Bill Connolly has laid out for like pods, for instance, because it, it gives you the best opportunity to get the two best teams. And when you consider that on the whole over the last several years that like. The, the Mountain Division has tended to be a little stronger than the West Division. To me, it makes sense to, like, give them a chance. So, like, you know, n- not to not to disrespect Hawaii, but, you know, that Air Force-Boise State game last year was sensational. And I think that, you know, if they had played under these rules that they were going to this year, you would have been able to see a rematch. And I think that that would have been a really awesome game. So... You know, obviously there's some some wrinkles that we're all going to have to get used to, like the fact that Air Force could sneak in if they run the table while, you know, another team falls short. Um, you know, maybe that's an advantage. Maybe that's a disadvantage just getting to play fewer games. But to me, I think it's I, I like it. And I think that, you know, if it works out the way that everybody hopes where the, the cream rises to the top, then Maybe they'll consider doing it more in the future or finding a way to do it in the future. If they're because ACC is doing this as well, because they added mm-hmm. Notre Dame this year, Big Ten's always done it, or at least not always, but recently because they decided to. If they were to go forward and do this, I think it would still be a good idea to keep the maybe not, but I think keep the schedule the same where you still rotate throughout. Mm-hmm. I think that because you travel is a thing too, so it because. This year, looking at like the Wyoming Boise State games wrapped wraps up the season, like I could honestly see that being a rematch the week the next week. 
Yeah, like, so like a per- like a perfect example of, of how this could work in the future is like you take New Mexico, for instance. We talked about it a little bit ago how they're not playing Boise, but when it comes to the mountain the mountain schools they are playing, you know, they they go to Colorado State, to, which is kind of weird. They're actually going three road games against the mountain division teams. Oh, that's uh, Colorado yeah. <laughs> State, Air Force, Utah State. They're on the road for all three of those games. But you know, nothing says that you know, geographically speaking, they have to play Boise State every year if the Mountain West does go to like a pod type situation. I think that there are ways where they could play those three teams, you know, Colorado State, Air Force, Utah State every year because those are the three, I think, those are the three closest schools to Albuquerque. And then the other five games would be shuffled in and out. You know, some of them may be closer. Some of them may be the occasional trip to Hawaii. Yeah. which they're also doing this year. Oh, man. <laughs> and, you know, so that way it wouldn't necessarily be as structured as it is where you're playing the same five teams every year. But that's what pods are all about, where you're protecting certain games and kind of rotating the other, you know, the, the majority of the games in and out every season to give teams the best shot at, you know, uh, at a championship. I agree as well. You know, one reason I'm thinking why the Mexico, New Mexico and Boise game is not being played. This is all exactly. hypothetical. Me kind of, let me double check before I get to this. Cause I don't want to be a, say I made an error, but the last game was at Boise state. So if no fans are in attendance for New Mexico games, I know New Mexico attendance isn't great. Even when good teams come to town, but maybe they're, maybe they were like, okay, sure. We'll miss our home games, Boise state. We'll just get next year when people can actually show up. So I'm just not a conspiracy theory guy, but I was wondering maybe they pass in that game because we're not having anybody in the stands anyways. Who cares who we play at home? And it's probably going to be a loss anyways, and maybe next year might be a touch better, or people will be excited because we do well under Danny Gonzalez year one. Boise comes to town. People will have our biggest attended game of the year, mm-hmm. which outside of maybe Mexico State. So it's a, maybe I'm thinking that, but is anybody – I don't think anybody really has a raw deal with the schedule unless New Mexico fans really want to play Boise State this year. I guess if you're a – if you're looking at Air Force and you're that snide eye, it's like they only get six conference games. That's the only team where I could say they got a, a favorable deal in this. But looking overall, like I don't think there's anything to, anything too wrong with the schedule. Every other week, that's a little bit of adjustment. But nobody's going on any road trip longer than two games, if I'm correct on here looking at this. Yeah, I mean, Chris Murray over at Nevada Sportsnet kind of put together a rough strength of schedule uh, breakdown. And I, I noted it when I wrote my UNLV uh, preview of the schedule because they are the only team in the conference that plays the top six teams by SP+. Oh, boy. <laughs> which for a team that's starting over, and, and, and he noted that they already had the most schedule, the, the most difficult schedule before the pandemic happened. Um, so even though, you know, they don't necessarily play any power five teams this time around, it still could be a little bit of a, of a b- bumpy road in year one for Marcus Arroyo and company out there yeah. in the desert. Yeah. Cause these schedules didn't change much. It's basically division foes and the teams you're going to play anyways. Yeah. Like I, I didn't look that deep. I was busy doing other stuff, but I'm 99% sure that's what it was. You got your own division games minus Boise, uh, New Mexico, and then you're playing who you were anyway. So mm-hmm. I did know there was something to UNLV and Boise state, like, they're going to Bo- they're hosting Boise. It's something weird with that. I forgot what it was, but one more. Th- they're hosting Boise again. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, that's what it would have been. So hey, they can check out the the uh, whatever you want to call the uh, Allegiant Stadium down there in Vegas. 
The, um, the big old hockey puck. Exactly. I've driven by there plenty of times. It's amazing, gigantic. Um, really quick, let's make over this. Again, we'll get to the game in a moment, folks. We're waiting for the Air Force game. We saved the best for last. We're almost mm-hmm. done here at this part. So, did you happen to look at the uh, cancellation chart of how the schedule could be played out if the games are missed? I did not. So, this, go read this because my explanation, I'm hoping I'm doing the best I can. Because Raj brought this up in our group chat and Twitter, like, well, what if there's a team with this record, that record, they beat the other opponents, but they have a better record? Like, say, uh, I think I have it written here down exactly. So, uh, where do they go? Like, so, what this is exactly from the guidelines. If the guidelines say that a 6 0 team is better than a 7 1 team because of winning percentage by a 6 0 team. Mm-hmm. So, how would you feel if you were that 7 1? Well, it wouldn't matter, but let's just say it's 6 1 or 5 1 and 6 2. And that team beats you. And you got more wins. So it's like, that gets a little tricky. Personally, like, if, if I mean, I know that these are unusual circumstances, but if I were a fan of that team, I would be so pissed. I know if you beat them and they're in the title game and they played fewer games, like, that would suck. But basically, they have a chart played out about the minimum baseline of games. And Air Force is also lucky and unlucky. Because right now, the minimum baseline for games, say every game is played, you have to play at least six games to be eligible to play in the conference championship. Mm-hmm. So, Raj, I'm going to write this piece too because I got to think about it. Raj gave us some ideas about well, somebody just going to air quotes COVID a game and not play to gain an advantage somehow. But the way it's set up, there's right now there's 12 teams, eight. Com- I'm, I'll read the whole thing because it does make sense. So don't say that math is wrong. Now, 12 teams times eight conference games is 96. However. Yeah. Two pre-established non-conference games brings it down to uh, 92 total conference games. Mm-hmm. To obtain the average, 92 divided by 12 is 7.67. They round up at a 0.5 basis. <laughs> so we're at eight games there, Matt. You with me? Everybody got it yes. so far? So you're eight math, is, math is hard, but continue. I'm just saying. Decimal points over the listening, not reading. It's not my strong suit if I was listening. The minimum number of conference games right now to play to be eligible is six. So if Air Force were to miss a game and go five and zero, and they were, say they just missed one game, it doesn't matter. Say it's first Colorado State, that's technically two games missed because two teams don't play. They'll say they're five and zero, and they do beat Boise State. I know Boise guy Eric's like, shut up, Colin. It's not gonna happen, Raj. Get out of here, you're an idiot. Let's just say they beat them somehow because they've been pretty close. But Boise does have their number. Let's just say they go five and zero. They can't go to the conference title game because only missing two games is not enough to make it there overall to change that average mm-hmm. so that's the look out for so like right so in this scenario they mentioned five and one team eligible four and three eligible four and one not eligible does that make sense yes so basically to get to five games to equal the conference title there would need to be two only two conference games canceled yes so anywhere between two and six canceled still leaves it at five games minimum so Air Force mm-hmm. really needs everybody to be on their best behavior if they want a shot at this. Yeah. Either way. So Falcons like, parties, Greek row, get out of here. Stay home. Don't do anything. And so that's how it's – and then the tiebreaker scenario, which not too confusing, but I want to bring it up now because there's no divisions. It's basically if it's head-to-head, it's who you played, obviously. And also just what gets confusing too, BYU's play, or Boise's playing one fewer game, San Diego State's played one fewer game conference-wise. But they're at seven, so they got a little more leeway. So basically, it's head to head. If it's not head to head, like say they don't say it's between Boise and San Diego State for, uh, well, yeah, two, whatever it is, two or three, I guess. Not necessarily one or two, but 
it's head-to-head. If not, it's winning percentage against your conference opponents and so on. Typical tiebreaker stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's how it plays out. So one last note on here. Um, do you think B- Mountain West was like uh, doing BYU a favor for adding these two games? Or do you think it's like we get games to play and we're going to schedule because it's uh, it's what we're doing? It's probably a little bit of both, isn't it? I, I don't I would think both boy B yeah, but I think BYU or Boise and San Diego State would want to play them if they could. Like, is the league doing Boise State a favor by allowing them to play one fewer game and then San Diego State to play one down the road? And say, like, is it really? Why would they want to do this? Is this to I projected a better chance for a better ranking, a possible New Year's Six by playing a BYU team that has played nobody but looked very impressive. That's a good question. I'd have to think about that one. Think about it? Okay. You know, you're not going to fall into the line like, yeah, they want to help out. Because everybody hates Boise State anyways, unless you're a Boise State fan. They always they got the sweetheart TV deal. They now get to play BYU, who looks pretty good. They missed out in New Mexico. I'm fine with it because it's more games and it's whatever. It's money. It's television. It I mean, we all, kind of, we all kind of know this, even if we don't always readily acknowledge it. You, more, you t- so you're telling me, on the record... A, B- a Boise State New Mexico game would draw fewer people than BYU Boise State. Yes, yep. it would. I, I have the numbers. I, yes, you do. I know that's my brought up. So we'll see how those games play. And that'll also one other quick thing too. Like uh, the American fell flat this weekend. Outside of SMU is doing quite well since he's doing well. And the and then I'll bring this up to the Big Twelve. Think of it this way: if the Big Twelve didn't play the Sun Belt, which is weird to say because they have those couple losses like Arkansas State. Coastal Carolina, you know what they'd be saying about the Big Twelve. Oh, they're just they're just parody. They're beating people up. Who cares if Texas lost to uh, who did this weekend? I don't care. Whatever, some other team. They barely beat Texas. T- Texas. Who did Texas lost? I, I don't watched. Remember. I, whatever. Kansas State. Who, who cares? The Big Twelve yeah. sucks. Yeah. My point being, it's good to have even a couple of non-conference games, even if it's only four total, because they'd be saying, "Oh, they just beat up on each other." That's what they'd say. Oh, there's great parody. Our Kansas State beat Oklahoma. Iowa State beat Oklahoma. Were you telling me this? They're this good teams, like the. So that's good to have these four data points because the American, UCF played Georgia Tech, give a couple of non-conference games or whatever. It's good to have these other games. So that's also a benefit too to provide some context. Like, oh, you beat Navy by forty points or whatever. We'll get to that second. BYU beat Navy here. Boise played BYU. I mean, there's a little. It kind of gives a little more. A widens the circle to what to pick from or decide from. Yeah. Because if you're telling me. Like, if it's down between, well, I guess it can't be, let's say it's Air Force and BYU, for example. Like, I know BYU's not guaranteed that spot, but let's just say the ranking-wise. But you have Air Force playing, they go to the title game, say they beat San Diego State. San Diego, San Diego State, BYU, like, gives you the data points. Like, oh, well, Air Force probably better than them. And so, all right, should we get to the game? People have waited long enough for this, right, Matt? Let's do it. Air Force, 40 points. Navy, checks notes. Seven points. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> can can Ken Nemotolu just uh, take a back seat and say, is, was he right or wrong saying they prepared for one game and that's why they won? Maybe he was right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> what are those? Then? Uh, maybe his team is just bad again this year. I'm leaning toward that because we've had uh, a Navy guy. I forget. We muted him, but he popped up again. He's, I guess he does the whatever rivals 24 seven scout. One of those sites complaining about they prepared for this one game okay dude did they prepare they also prepared without a third of their team and a quarterback who's never seen the light of day ever and torched your navy defense for over 100 yards on the ground 
or yeah, it took it. To, let's not forget, it took a record comeback for them to not be zero and three right now. Yes, versus Tulane, who's eh. So, what were your first thoughts of this game? Because it started off a little not slow, but it was close, and things could have changed quickly had Navy got the interception into the first half. Yeah, I mean, I think it wasn't. I mean, it it sounds strange to say because you know the Falcons scored forty points, but it yeah. was not like an A grade performance. And I think the you know the fact that you point to their kicker uh, Tevia Schuett's Pell's or Schuett Pell's role coming out in his very first game and tying a program record with four field goals, mm-hmm. you know that tells me that you know they they left something on the field and and got stalled maybe a little more often than they wanted to, especially in that first half where they were they didn't really have a lot of trouble moving the ball on the ground because um, you know their first drive I think was. Uh, I hope I'm looking at the right track chart. Uh, seven plays, 35 yards, took about four minutes, and they had to settle for a field goal. Uh, eight plays, or excuse me, five plays, 12 yards. You know, they got to the Navy 18, had to settle for another field goal. Mm-hmm. And that was after they forced a, a turnover of that, that big fumble in Navy territory. You know, 12 plays, 66 yards, they settled for another field goal. So, you know, you could definitely see where their strengths were relatively intact. You know, the offensive line was awesome. Bulldozer it's, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, because it wasn't so much, you know, what they were doing as how they were doing it, where they were they were literally just going right up the gut with the fullback over and over again. You know, to the point where, you know, Timothy Jackson had 118 yards on just 19 carries. And I think it was his backup, Brad Roberts, who had over 100 yards himself Hold on, on 10 carries. Question. Not question, but commentary. I was doing the quick. I did some highlights for this game. I posted them this early Sunday morning. Air Force official roster does not have a Brad Roberts listed. <laughs> there you go. So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm looking up. I'm like, who is it? Brad Roberts. I'm like, Google. I'm like, okay. I go. Let's just go to the Air Force website. He's not listed, so I don't know where the heck he came from. But ten carries, 103 yards, a touchdown. Did he had? I think. Did you tweet it or maybe it's the Air Force guys? Like his hundred. Yards came on two drives by himself. Was that correct? I believe that was the Air Force football account that, that tweeted that. But yeah. That's amazing. 10 carries, 130 yards. And, you know, even even the backups were able to get in on the action. Like, they give it to Matthew Merla on the goal line late, and, like, they can't stop him. Like, like they basically, you know, the, the only guy who had a quiet afternoon was Caden Remsburg, of all people. And it didn't really hurt them at all because the fullbacks were – you know, going 20 yards untouched seemingly every other play. Um, and, you know, the starting quarterback, Ezekiel Daniels, you know, again, not a perfect performance. Like you could see, for instance, where he had worked, you know, in the passing game, he was only four of nine for 41 yards through the air. But, you know, he was, you know, he was making all the right decisions when it came to distributing the ball. It was basically mistake-free play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he contributed 96 yards and a score on the ground himself. Again, on just 10 carries. So, you know, you look at the the big plays that the Falcons were able to rack up. They had 15 carries of more than 10 yards in this game. Yeah, they're just which, rumbling which and stumbling. And, and when you contrast that to the fact that the defense, which, again, was starting 11 new guys. Lost they, DB in the first place and a starter. And they gave up targeting. only two plays of, of, of 10 yards on the ground. Like, that's the game right there. Well, they're getting after the quarterback. Like, look at um, 
what's his name here? Um, George Sil- Sil- Silvanak. Yeah, former offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, tackle sack and a half, seven total tackles. Like they were harassing. Like QB. Okay, when you play at academy, like Navy, like okay, they threw the ball. They did have to throw a lot because they were behind. They they did throw it eighteen times. Had to play an extra. Another. This was their fifth quarterback in three games they played. I believe it is. Yeah. Play in Navy. They had one, two, three. What four? Oh, sorry, only three. But that that could seem like a lot. Three QB hurries and. The sack and a half, like they're not, they're dropping back too much for that to happen for a Navy. That's technically mm-hmm. five, yeah, five QB drop back plays that either were hurried or behind the last scrimmage. Mm-hmm. They only threw eighteen times. That's like a think of it. Five of eighteen times the quarterback was rushed. A minimum there could have been more just because of where the play may not have technically been a QB hurry, but the play had to be extended or waiting for somebody to get open. So that's quite a bit for playing against an academy team that wants to run. And so that defense looked better than expected. Then again, Matt, is it is Navy just not very good? Because again, they got thrashed versus BYU. Same thing. BYU's offensive line, which is pretty good, did exactly what Air Force's offensive offensive line did and just pushed them around. Like there's only like maybe a couple plays where I saw Navy make a really good play and stop them at or behind the line of scrimmage. They did have four TFLs, but percentage wise, four out of fifty three. Eh, that's that's fine. Not, not going to get it done. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so they weren't making that many plays. They had the one sack, but like the game was a slow burn. Like it was only sixteen to seven at the half. Mm-hmm. It was only nineteen to seven going into the fourth quarter, and so they kind of just ran away in the fourth quarter. Like they're just Navy's had no answers. Like when you look at like the like the play charts and stuff, like what Navy had to do. Like they had to their first drive turnover on downs, punt, punts. They had to fumble that Air Force turned into a field goal, which. Give credit to Navy for getting that deep territory only field excuse me field goal allowed, but basically plenty. Like they had no long drives. Like that's the highlight or hallmark of all of these teams. Like Air Force didn't have any like fifteen play twenty minute drives or whatever. No, but like Air Navy, their longest drive ended in interception with seven plays. Like they had they I guess in a punt they had six play drives, three play drives, four play drives, turned over on downs twice. Like. They couldn't get it done when it was needed. And maybe this Air Force game, like they're off again for what another, what, three weeks essentially, I guess, until they play their opener in the yeah. Mountain West play. And so that does give them confidence. They've played a game. So I don't know how much of an edge I'll give them when they play their opener, I guess, a little bit. But like, you can't ask for, like, this is, I should look, so this has got to be one of the bigger blowouts in this series. I mean, I don't know that off the top of my head. I imagine it's probably up there. You know, I think it's important to keep in mind, like, you know, it wasn't I think there are some like yellow flags, if not necessarily red flags for this team. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one thing that we talked about when we talked about the Falcons over the summer was, you know, how well is the secondary going to hold up, you know, Mm -hmm. having lost their biggest contributor, Zane Lewis, and and now having lost, you know, guys like Milton Bug and things like that. So, yes, they did mostly, you know, keep. You know, they, they, I think it was Tiger Gosson had six of 1,537 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, they, they did show that there were some breakdowns on the back end. And I think most notably on that long 73 yard touchdown that they had. So that's still something I think that's going to be a point of emphasis in that, you know, pass heavy teams that are on the schedule, you know, like Boise State are going to keep in mind when it comes to attacking this new look defense. But, you know, I think it's also worth keeping in mind that beyond that, if you take out that 73-yard touchdown, 
they gave up essentially 3.2 yards per play. And, and that it, is that is a strong overall effort. And and that's not just all of the new guys. You know, we didn't even mention Alec Mock, who is a freshman playing for the Falcons, which almost never happens. You know, he was the team's leading tackler, along with Sylvanic, who you mentioned a minute ago. He was another guy who also had a sack. But also the, the contributors who've been maybe more part-time guys in the past really showed up as well, like Grant Donaldson. Like, you know, Parker Noren had a couple big hits. So I think... There's still work to be done for the defense to coalesce. There's still things for them to work on as far as, you know, especially defending against big pass plays. But if you were expecting, you know, uh, maybe a bigger collapse on that side of the ball, you've got to kind of reset your expectations now. And I think for Falcons fans, you can be optimistic about them, if not necessarily being kind of a top tier contender in this new look schedule. They should still be able to make some noise overall because their strengths are intact on offense. And if the defense can be, I don't know, 80 to 90 percent of what it was last year when it was a very good defense, you know, you're going to have to bring your A game when it comes to these guys. For the record, fifth largest margin of victory by either side. There you go. Largest margin of victory. It does go to Air Force. 49 to 7. So. That was back in uh, nineteen or two thousand. Uh, oh, that's four. Sorry, they had a forty-eight to seven and a forty-nine to seven. Forty-nine to seven was Fisher DeBerry, nineteen ninety-eight. There you go. But you're right. Like if this defense, like I don't know how well to hold up. Um, clearly, what helps to offense, like Zeke Daniels looked really good, run controlling the offense. His first start ever, essentially, hardly ever played. So him able to have the confidence to be able to, like he had the one. I don't remember if it was him who fumbled or was one of the backs where. Air Force eventually recovered it, like it kind of went yeah. Forward. It was a it was a pitch. I think they wanted to pass. It was Jordan Gidry, I believe, okay. who was a freshman tailback. Yeah, there's something like there's a fumble, like fumble recovered. So there's a you're right, a couple things here and there. But also on note too, the passing game, they, not just the 73, but also that 133 yard as well. So two passes were for 106 yards. Yeah, and so I don't know how close they could be to that when teams get more opportunities to throw, but like quarterback play looked good. It could be better, obviously. Brad Roberts, like, who the heck is this guy? Brad Roberts came out of nowhere. Caden Remsburg only had seven carries. They didn't need him. So what you're looking here, to me, they have four running backs that are four backs that are good. Jackson, Roberts, Remsburg, and I'll include Daniels. They're obviously quarterback. Running the ball, those guys, perfectly fine. They did well. They don't really have a receiver quite yet, but he didn't need to throw very often. However, it was um, Daniel Morris who caught three of the four passes. So there's mm-hmm. that. Nothing deep there at the moment. But you're right, like, the offense. We knew, here's the thing. Even if Air Force is down and not good, which I don't think that's the case, they're still going to give any team they play trouble just because the offense is so potent and efficient. Yeah, and I mean, I think another thing to keep in mind too is like even when Daniels came out of the game and they put Warren Bryan in at quarterback, they didn't look like they missed a beat at all. No, but Warren and, Bryan had touchdown too. Yeah, he only he only carried the ball twice, but uh, you know, one of them was a 27 yard run, and the other one was a touchdown from one yard out. So. I think, you know, if you're an Air Force fan, things really could not have gone any better in this game. I mean, like I said, there's still things to work on. But as far as what you wanted to see, you know, you wanted to see the running game intact. You know, check that box. You wanted to see the quarterback situation look sound. You check that box. You wanted the, the defense to look competitive. You check that box as well. So let me ask you a question here. Let's wrap it up here. So as the new um, – you've been posting every weekend that Bill Connell's SP+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Air Force moved up from 101 to 66. Is there any explanation why the huge increase? 
Well, I mean, I think the way he explained it, I can't remember if it was in his tweet or in the article. Um, he compared it to the same kind of beatdown that BYU put on Navy in week one. Because, you know, it's important to remember SP Plus is not who you play. It's how you play. And, you know, when Air Force, you know, lost pieces over the offseason, they, I think, if I remember correctly, when they had the initial SP Plus rankings that came out in, like, I think it was, like, June or July or something like that, you know, Air Force was a middle-of-the-pack team. And then it made an adjustment for all the players that had left. You know, it was, you know, it was looking at a team that's had, had almost no returning production on either side of the ball, and it said, Okay, this is looking like a dicey situation. And so it adjusted for how it projected the Falcons to look. And so essentially what happened is they yo-yoed kind of back up to where they started this offseason. I have it here. They're actually this is so this is so crazy. Sixty-five in that February ranking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sixty-six. So they're basically where they were after seed, how they played. Mm-hmm. And was there any other movement? You just kind of put the rankings out there. I don't know. There were some like modest movements. Like Boise State is still number one in the conference. They slipped, I think, from thirty-five to thirty-six. You know, a couple teams moved up and down. Um, nothing really substantial, though. Okay, I did like San Diego State comment, guys. They're not going to be a bottom five offense, probably not. But like last year, the disparity you put in there—the difference between offense and defense. It's like even if the offense is like 80th, they'll probably shoot them up like to 20 spots or something. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, they were, I think, essentially a top 50 team last year with a bottom 10 offense. And so I think, you know, obviously we're not going to get too much into this, but we can talk about that more next week. Yeah, more time. So that's all we're doing for today. Um, Let me ask you this real quick. Is BYU 15th in the country? No. You're not sold on them at all, are you? I mean, who have they beaten? Are Are we sure that they've beaten anybody good? I thought Troy would have been good. I mean, Troy's okay, but like a middle a middle of the pack Sunbelt team is nothing to write home about. I know. I just can't wait for them to play because here's – it's also too – we'll wrap up with this, the polls real quick. Boise and Air Force got votes in the coaches poll, only Air Force in the AP poll. AP poll is still including everybody, so don't think, it's not a, one of those things where Oregon, Ohio State, Penn State, or Minnesota are ranked. They are ranked. The polls would be weird because also Cincinnati's 11. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on. Cincy 11? No way. No. So what will be great? We'll see when the playoff rankings come out too. Also, by the way, those got pushed back a week. So there's one fewer rankings of those. So like when they play November 7th, really quick, because I know we're not, people don't care about BYU, but it does, it is, if I could speak this afternoon. They, they care about sense. BYU insofar as they love to hate BYU. Well, and two teams play BYU. Yes. So that's part of it too. So let's just say, Okay, it's not out of the possibility. Oh, Boise State's undefeated when they play BYU. And look at who BYU plays. I'll just point this out to you where they could be ranked. And this will be also, just so you know, Big 12, Big 10 would have only played two games at this point, October 24th and Halloween weekend. Pac-12 would not have played, so we don't know how good or bad Oregon, USC, Washington, their rankings may be Utah. They play, BYU plays UTSA, who I mentioned earlier. I think I did. 33-point favorite. UTSA is not very good. They're going, again, scheduled to play at Houston, and Houston's not projected to be that great, and they haven't even played this year, unfortunately. Texas State's not very good. Western Kentucky. So, like, the way the polls have been going, I let's just say BYU crushes, beats everybody by, like, same thing, like 40-7. to 7. They play very well. Maybe Houston's a 28-10 to 10 game where it's still a fairly convincing win. 
the way the pulse is going, would you be shocked if they're like ranked 10th in the country if they're sitting there like at 7 and 0 or 8 and 0? I mean, I guess not. Or it would be I mean, a I mean, 9 and 0. It's, but it's hard, to, it's hard to stake your claim one way or the other just because you, know, you look at who they played so far. Like, you know, yeah, Louisiana Tech is 2 and 1, but they've been outscored mm-hmm. in their three games. Um, you know, same thing with uh, who else have they played? Troy. You know, Navy obviously kind of looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy is okay. You know, or they're one and one. They've yeah. also been outscored in their two games. Mm-hmm. So I think if that keeps up, then like you know, you're talking about teams that are maybe more lucky than actually good. And what is that really good for? You know, same thing with UTSA. You know, UTSA is three and one, but their you know their margin, their point margin is plus eleven right now. So, um, and they've squeaked by Texas state. Come on. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tempted to take UTSA plus 33 right now. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> That's not a point, um, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying BYU. I feel like they're getting a lot of helium and right now I'm just not seeing it. Here's what I say about them. Like they are, I, I'm not, I'm going to say they're good. I'm not going to say they're this good because I feel I'm a bit closer because part of my job i got to make sure keep up on Kalani Sitake and everybody there. Elisa Tuiaki, all those coaches and whatever's going on. Zach Wilson when he's not gambling and getting COVID. Come on, dude. Relax. <laughs> Stay home. But I think we can all agree that they're playing well. They're beating – this is kind of the argument you say, well, when Boise was in the whack years ago. Like, well, who cares? They're beating San Jose State 49-7. to They're beating uh, Utah State 50-10. to You know what I mean? Like, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and winning well. Yeah. It's just hard to judge him. Like, there had been no, well, maybe Boise State, but like, had a team, like, okay, I get their profiles big. They've been playing well. But, like, let's just say, like, you, let's say it's UTSA. Like, if they're winning this big, there's no way they'd be 15th in the country, even with fewer teams being ranked. So, it's also, it is a lot of healing, like you say. And again, I think this is the best team in, that Kalani Stuckey's had. So, it's unfortunate they couldn't have played Utah, Arizona State, Michigan State, all these teams that were they're going to play. But, the way this will help them out most a lot is let's if Boise is undefeated, BYU is undefeated again. That could be that big Fox game. Like let's just say Boise's ranked that they beat Air Force, so they're the ranked teams. Let's just say they're just ranked nineteenth, just because whatever they are nineteenth, just because they are. Again, if BYU keeps winning big, they're number twelve or ten. That's going to shoot Boise State like one of the best wins of the country, even though we may not seem to be like the best wins of the country. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to all this later. I just want to bring up the polls because the polls are wacky. And fun to watch. It'll be interesting. But that's what we got for today. You got the elongated show. Got a recap of a game. You got me griping about stuff. We got us talking cancellations of bowl games and things like that. But we'll be back next week. We'll do a bit more deep dive into the schedule because we still got like three weeks, Matt, before games play about a month. So we still got to kind of finagle our way through this offseason, right? Yeah, we're champing at the bit. We're, we're going to be ready to go, though, we promise. We'll be good to go. So check us out, MWR.com. Check out the podcast. Subscribe there. Twitter, Facebook, all that great stuff. Just search Mount Wire and you'll find us anywhere we are. And we'll see you next week.